Welcome to the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast with Philip Washington Jr. Today, Philip talks about staking on Ethereum. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now, here's Philip. Alrighty. Today we are talking about staking on Ethereum. And so I've been doing a deep dive on Ethereum, uh, Bitcoins, for those of who are still listening who are Bitcoiners. Bitcoin is still uh, my quote unquote favorite, right? But, but w- what I also understand in principle, uh, I did an episode on like Ethereum and what made me buy it again. So go back and listen to that. But um, in principle, like you, you, you always have Coke and Pepsi, right? Or you have Netflix and HBO, or you have Apple and Android. You, the duality is just a function of like how everything is is built in the universe. So you're always going to have duality, right? Uh, and and duality is not like a static idea, right? Because like you're always going to have other um, uh, you know, competitors uh, in different aspects of a business, but I mean, like the main business we're talking about right now is the the foundation of internet money, and those two foundational assets uh, in the current moment are Bitcoin and Ethereum. So, I did a lot on Bitcoin, doing more on Ethereum, and staking in Ethereum is really important. But let me give a little history context to understand. Right, the similarities between what's happening right now uh, and what's already happened. So it, it's important to understand how the Federal Reserve, and I got my little notes here because when I ever go factual in the history, I want to make sure I don't mess up any facts. But the, the Federal Reserve system, you could think of it as kind of like a private bank cartel. Um, and I don't mean cartel in a negative way. I mean like an organization of banks that work together. That's what a cartel is. Uh, they are cooperating to deliver you know better services uh, to to in this in this example like global financial system um, which all businesses is, is basically built on so it was created in 1913 here's the here's the words from it created in 1913 to provide a safer more flexible more stable monetary and financial system formed after lending slowed um, uh, after market panics. And so, what the the if 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 you really want to study the history of money, I forget Neil Ferguson wrote a book called um, Neil. Sir, hey Siri, what's the Neil Ferguson book about money? Here's what I found. Yeah, it's called The Ascent of Money. So it's it's long. Um, very long book. I think there might be a PBS documentary on YouTube. It's only like four hours to summarize it. But when you look at the history of money, th- think of everything, including money, like information, and then the system is the communica- the communication network. So it's everything. Everything is a communication network. It's how the body works. Um, it's how economies works. And, 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 and money is information being communicated through an economy. 
And so once, so once you understand that, then you understand that uh, what, what, what we call evolution is, is uh, the, the, the flow towards faster and more, more trusting communication, meaning just like a person, right? We want communication to be clear and we want it to be truthful. We want to, we want to, we want to know that it's truthful. And to the extent that the information that we're hearing feels clear and is more truthful, uh, it's expressed better, right? Same with money. So our, our economic trend, because every 50 or so years, we, uh, we evolve our money, right? Meaning like our system gets uh, smarter, on a previous episode, I talked about um, systems being built and then broken down, built and broken down over and over again. So our system in the current form reaches a limit, and then there's better technology to make it better. So this system breaks down, and a new one builds in its form. Where I'm going with that was 1913 was a response to the previous financial system uh, breaking down. And so the Federal Reserve stepped, Federal Reserve stepped in and created uh, a distributed banking system um, Called the Federal Reserve to help the economy and the banks, right? So then, fifty-ish or so years later, uh, after that system broke down, um, uh, w- they formed the uh, Euro-dollar banking system, right? And that system uh, was like dollars and loans that are expressed in monetary units of dollars, but it was outside of the U.S. So. It was more of a credit-based system. There were not actual physical dollars backing the system. This was like electronic. So this is when the futures market uh, came to be. and um, But it was an informal bank network that linked the world's various financial systems into one tightly woven web uh, around the U.S., right? Mostly, and, they, and it was mostly done through uh, more favorable regulatory environments, um, you know, a, a lot of it was done out of London and that's where we got the offshore stuff, uh, came from, but that was the, that was the next system. But both, both systems were based on what I said before, reputation or trust, which in that instance was credit. Um, and, and, and they were, uh, both, uh, increasingly more transparent. The, the second one more transparent than the first, because you, uh, Instead of stuff, stuff being on you know paper and and, and backroom deals in in nineteen in nineteen thirteen version, the euro dollar system you know at least you had computers you can look in and, and kind of uh, maybe see who had what even though the stuff could have been changed right so this led to um, the new system that's being built after that system broke in in two thousand eight starting with Bitcoin but Ethereum's version of it is uh, is uh, you know. A protocol which Bitcoin and Ethereum are both built on is a rules-based monetary system. So it's it's code, it's programmed. So it can't be arbitrarily changed by uh, by anyone. You know, by a small group of folks that get together and say we're going to change the rules. The other aspect of it is that the, the trust the trust doesn't ha- is not like credit-based. The, the trust kind of ties down to uh, like trust trust before credit was kind of like the amount of gold that you had in your reserves um this ethereum based uh, financial system is based on like uh ethereum right so 
So if you're an actor, if you're a participant in verifying the system, which banks, right, banks are just, their role is to kind of police the system or be participants in, 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 in providing liquidity or the flow of money in the system. Um, and so uh, um, if you, if, and the cool part about this system is it, pretty much anybody can plug into the system. So anybody can quote unquote be a bank. You have to put up like 30, 32 ETH or something like that uh, and become a validator, which is again, think for purposes, just call it a bank in, in, the, in the crypto ecosystem. But you can validate transactions and help it go through. Um, but here's the cool part. Like if you break the rules of the system, uh, you don't get the reward or the fees uh, involved in helping and you, uh, you lose your money. Right, so it's it's pretty cool. So think of it going to the gold world. If you if you uh, put up your gold in in and this actually used to happen, right? You would put up your gold. Most people in the world put their gold in America uh, in the previous system, so it can be here, uh, and then they would transact. And America kept the gold safe. Well, what happened was America we stole a bunch of people. <laughs> we we allegedly, uh, uh, you know, people had put it this way. Folks put gold here. And uh, like gold that was put here was not all here when everybody came to get it. And that created a problem. So the protocol uh, helps uh, make that process more, you know, more trustworthy because it's enforced by code, not by people. So once you put up money in the system and it's all agreed, like, like um, you know, there can't be one, two, three people that go in there and say, all right, take this person's ETH because we don't like them. No, like... Once you're in the system, um, the system is automated, and um, if you break a rule, you lose your goal. If you don't, you continue to participate. Um, and so that was the breakthrough technology that provided a system with more trust. This is very similar to Bitcoin, different mechanisms for enforcing things, but uh, but um, it's a it's a uh, um, uh, improves trust of the system. And increases the liquidity and flow of money because the cool thing about crypto markets is they trade twenty four seven on an automated basis, and so you remove a lot of resistance. And when you move resistance, you in, you increase uh, the flow of money, which helps everybody involved. Let me let me explain how staking works. I'm going to use an analogy, right? So think of think of staking is again these validators that put up money to support the system. They get rewards for verifying transactions. So like when you look at a bank and the bank is verifying transactions, um, uh, these validators get rewards uh, in ETH for validating transactions. And so think of it kind of like um, each validator buys a lottery ticket with their stake ETH. And so the more ETH you have, the more tickets you buy, which increases your chance of winning. And the winner gets to propose a new um, block of transactions, which means they get to say, oh, these transactions happened. We looked at, you know, we ran our system, our automated system. It proves them to be true in this order. And then they get paid for their work. And again, if they cheat um, or lie about the transactions, they lose their tickets and their stake ETH. So it's a really good way to uh, automate and enforce rules and remove out people from the equations because people can get clickish and operate in silos and hide shit. And that's not great for like, you know, like I prefer to trust my money to an algorithm that's overlooked by everybody. Because here's a good analogy too, and I'm going to wrap this up with this. It's called like a glass a glass box analogy. Previous financial systems to most participants, 
was like a box that we couldn't look into, right? Right. If we want to look into what's going on with the dollar-based system, there's no box we can look into uh, on on the crypto platforms, Ethereum, Bitcoin. Um, you can actually look and see everything happening on the blockchain, what the rules are, right? It, it may require you to, you know, skill up on like how to read and coding, but that's just the, that's just like 10, 10 hours of YouTube videos. And, and you'll understand what's going on if you if you really want to do it. So it's open and transparent to everybody. It's not hidden, but it's a glass box. You can look in the box and you can see everything going on uh, with everybody's money, what the rules are, if it's being enforced, if it's not. And so when you, it's like a democracy, right? A democracy is more free than a monarchy because we get to look and see uh and everything's relative, right? Because there's some black boxes in democracy. But I'm saying relative to like a monarchy or like living in some dictatorship, it's more transparent. And that's that's the point. Money follows transparency and trust relative to the previous system. And so this is why money is flowing to the crypto system. Hope this helps. Until tomorrow, you enjoy your day. If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.